What's up everybody, Brandon here with Straight Up. Now before we get into part two of the barbershop discussion, we want you to be mindful of the importance of wearing a mask out in public. We know it's uncomfortable, but believe it or not, you are saving a life. This virus has hit our community hard and scientists are still looking for a vaccine. So wash your hands, practice social distancing, and most importantly, wear a damn mask. With that being said, here is part two of Straight Up Dialogue with six incredible black men. Okay, we're back into it. And so, like I said, we do, we, we have a lot of people who are with the uh, uh, police department. And uh, Brandon, your dad's a cop. Uh, Elmo, you are an officer. But uh, I, I just don't know, like, there's a feeling that I don't know how to describe this feeling, but we, we know about police brutality. It's been a thing since civil rights and slavery it's been brutality of the black man has been it's, it's not it's it's getting people are getting fed up about it basically and it's been happening all across the the nation and people are seeing it people all over the world protesting it right now for police brutality elmo i mean and i could be wrong with the statistic but i think it was like 87 percent of all the prison population is african-american men so i look at it like how is it that 87 percent if this that is right uh, I, I think it's like even 87 or 90. I'm not sure, but the majority of the men in the prison population are African American men. So you're telling me that this majority of men are all criminal, and that makes me to hear that statistic. It, it makes me feel uncomfortable, especially when a cop comes behind me. Like, can you explain the aura or the feeling that we get when a cop comes behind us, and what should we do? Man, even saying like that, we you know it's crazy that we make up that much of the uh, incarceration population, but then at the same time we don't even make up twenty percent of the of the country population. And if we we not even twenty percent of the population, and then we that much in, in incarcerated, like how you know how much you know how many that leave outside of the bar, like out here in the free world, it's probably about. I say maybe 13, 14, maybe 12% of us that are free. And how many of those are, you know, oppressed, uh, you know, in poverty? Now we're looking at maybe 90% of them. Wow. You know what I mean? So and it's, it's, it's crazy um, to, to elaborate on that. It's, it's, it's tough to talk about because being, being a black officer, and knowing the feeling when I first put on my badge, it just made me feel like Superman or Black Panther or something. You know what I mean? And I've you never are. been the type, you know, and I've never been the person that was power driven or was a nobody that was bullied. I was never that person. You know he, what I mean? He bullied me. He bullied me. <laughs> but, and, and to think, and, and to think how much the badge, and think how the badge made me feel by putting it on. And then I put myself in other people's shoes, like, dang, this guy is clearly afraid. He was clearly bullied. He was clearly hurt in his in his childhood, in his home, whatever. And now he got the bad. You know how it make him feel? Right. Like an even bigger Superman. Now I can go out here and prove a point. Now I can go out here and be somebody. Now, I mean, it's it's. It's it's mind blowing when you see these people. You look on the side, you like, you finna go in this house with us? I'm good. Nah, I I you stay outside or whatever the case may be. I mean, I remember being a rookie on the force, and I'm answering the call when I first got when I first started riding by myself, and we go into a house of a, a disturbance, family members just going at it. The little sister broke. Uh, she she snuck out the house. And the big brother found out, so they end up going. They about they end up just screaming. White guy go in there first. He see the big brother raging and just mad and just going off, and he about to grab his gun. You know, I said, man, what are you doing? Get out, get out. You know, I said, man, they they fine. He like he's about to hit her. You know, I'm like, no, he's not. You know, that's his, that's the big brother. I'll be mad too. Two minutes later, they crying and and, and hugging each other. Man, I told anything could have happened to you, girl. You know, I don't even know where you were. She's 14 years old, sneaking out the house. <laughs> you know, and and and, and yeah. when I thought about it, like, man, they don't understand us. They right. don't know 
who we are. Like, you know, right. and my biggest, my biggest uh argument when I on the force is that like one thing that y'all always tell us, hey, this is this is business, it's not it's not personal. What? You telling me that I'm gonna risk my life to protect somebody else's life. I don't feel like it get no personal than that. You know, but if I treat this like a business, what kind of business are we talking about? Filling up the prison? Right. You know what I mean? That's the part of the majority. So that's why we got, and and, you know, and I talked to a guy uh, on Father's Day weekend. I told him, man, uh, that I might, you know, that I want to run for sheriff one day. He was like, well, I mean, that's just for the country, folks. What about the city, man? We don't, what, you know, what, what about us? You should run for something in the city. I said, dude, the sheriff got power in the city and in the country. What are you talking about? Right, he was right. like, man, they patrol the outskirts. I said, dude, what jail you go to? Who jail is that you go into? Who courtroom you walking in? That's the sheriff. He was like, man, for real? I said, I said, man, the sheriff got the power to stop arresting people for weed right now. All it all take is his pen to say, we not making arrests for this. What? Yeah, I said the city got to follow that. He didn't know that. Man, temp- not even 10% of our city, of this Metroplex, vote for the sheriff. Knowledge, it yes. Total, it, had, it had a total of twenty of 23,000 votes for the sheriff. And he got 16,000 of them. We got 400, we got almost 400,000 people in this, in this entire area. Wow. That's amazing. We giving we we giving this man all the power. He got all the power in this area, and nobody's going to vote. Wow, that is crazy. You just dropped a pipe bomb, dog. And Dota, I mean, how does it make you feel just to hear Elmo sixteen thousand voted for a, a sheriff compared to the four hundred thousand in the Metroplex? That's that's why we the knowledge we are focused on the wrong. Thing. Like we yeah. knowledge is everything, man. You have to know. Like we don't. When they say like, honestly, people don't know. Like, if everybody get on the same page, we can shut this whole thing down and start over and build it how we want to build. We can do a whole new Declaration of Independence if everybody's on the same page. But we can't because somebody's focused on this, somebody focused on that, somebody thinking about this. Somebody think about that. See, when you say like only twenty three thousand people voted out of four hundred thousand, it honestly makes me sad. It really look, does. Look, because, I, hmm? well, I so I, I, I like I told you last year I worked at a lot of uh, part time jobs. I worked at Walmart overnight, overnight stalker, and I can't even remember what the what event happened, but it had black people mad. I'm up in 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 the back, you know on break and when I say you had this one guy spouting like oh you know he know all, all the inside people you know he talking about what people talking about in California you know they got the inside and you know they spouting all this um this theory shit. I'm like so how many of y'all actually vote man I don't vote man I ain't, I ain't doing that my like it ain't like I count I, I vote count anyway all of those black guys up in there said that i had to leave that room that's how frustrated i was when i say they they truly didn't and a lot of took two of them were football players one up two uh two of them were like old guys and like you know there was like a young a younger cat uh up in there as well but like when they legit did not believe in voting and thought they vote did not count and why, when i tried to even they ain't even bring up local. And you when you when you're a businessman, that's you really you really focus you on be, local. Like you gotta, local. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta focus on local. Yep. But you know, they always talk about man, these roads suck. Like, bro, first of all, a lot of people damn roads suck, man. First of all. But like if you really care about certain things, go vote on it. Go vote on it. Go go right. vote on it. And and CJ, um you you um You've worked with the community a lot, especially uh, in the lower income neighborhoods, and you you do do a lot of outreach. Um, and I don't know, I know you worked with police before. Uh, what's some of the things that they've told you, and that you can tell the community 
that we should do that we're doing wrong right now? Like when it comes to engaging with uh, law enforcement officers. I want to I want to do something because I want to bring clarity to the conversation of law enforcement officers and their level of importance in the community. I think uh, there needs to be some clarity. And I want to do this for the sake that if this is public, there's a man out there that if I don't share this information, he's going to ridicule me. Um, I don't know if y'all ever heard of Dr. Marius T. McFarland. He's a physician. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Dr. Mac is my doc. <laughs> so I want to, I want to, I want to clarify something and I want to, because you know, anytime I hear something and I think clarity needs to be made, um, I want to do that. So the law enforcement, uh, individuals that you have, um, in Cattle Parish, you have the sheriff, you have the, uh, city marshal, you have the constables, you have, um, the city police, um, and you have a fifth one, which, well, I'm gonna give you a fifth one and then I'm gonna give you a sixth one. You have the district attorney who is a law enforcement officer as well, but you have a sixth one. Now the sixth law enforcement officer is actually the most powerful law enforcement officer in all of the parish. Now, Elmo is absolutely right. The sheriff have the authority to make the police department put their guns down. I mean, that's, that's just how powerful the sheriff is, okay? But there's actually an individual more powerful than the uh, cattle sheriff, and that's the coroner. The coroner is yeah. um, the most powerful law enforcement individual. And the reason why I said I would have to mention Dr. Marius T. McFarland is because uh, Cattle Parish had a historical moment, and I don't think people understood the importance of that historical moment is when Dr. McFarland ran for coroner. A lot of black people didn't take that position seriously. A lot mm -hmm. of black people didn't know the power of a coroner. And a lot of people didn't know that the coroner's job is to pronounce the dead. And if the coroner found that there was ill will on any law enforcement agency, the coroner can issue a, 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 a proclamation to tell any law enforcement, including the sheriff, Hey, bro, you putting your guns down and you, you, you can't, you know, pick your guns up. So I want to I want to put that out there because I know if he's watching this, um, he would want us to know that because he ran and he lost that race, by the way. He lost that race. And not only did he lose that race, he lost the race because we didn't think it was an important election. And mm -hmm. I think that people need to know that we need a black corner. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. We need one. We need a black corner, okay? Yeah. And the reason why we need a black corner, because think about all of the victims, the African-Americans who were murdered at the hand of the police, and think about how all the pronouncements was never in favor of the victim's family. It was always in favor of the officers who were, were accused of the killing. So yeah. I'm just saying there needs to be a black corner, not to create racial bias, but there needs to be a black corner who ain't connected with the conservative right wing of America and who can falsify reports, who can do certain things to bodies to, to you know, to cause them to die of other causes by which they really have died from. So I right. think um, that is important. But to answer your question, Calvin, um, about uh and i believe i didn't i didn't, I didn't talk so much on that issue that i've kind of forgot <laughs> the question but i believe basically just uh basically just like if if i'm an african-american man or a black man and i'm driving in my car going down i-20 or driving and you know i, I got and and on our previous show we had uh issues with me and brandon had an that argument. was not your question that was I, not I, your I, question I, I, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, but but okay. So there was there was there was community policing in the area called Broadmoor. You know they they have the the Broadmoor neighborhood watch whatever. And you know Brandon and like uh, just for instance, new car has a brand new car, but it's cold outside. I'm wearing a hoodie outside. Um, a cop pulls me over. What should I do? Well, first let me just say I'm actually currently working with the mayor of Shreveport right now. Um, on um, adding some elements to police training. Um, because I think that, I don't know if you all saw the comment of Brent Mason that was very public. Um, this was a guy who worked at the academy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this was a guy who, um, 
you know, told us how he was training officers. And he basically was training officers to make appropriate what happened to George Floyd um, as a mistake when we know that wasn't a mistake. So I I think that um, one of the things that I'm working, and this is, you know, to kind of get into the answer to your question, is I'm working with the mayor on um, race relation engagement. And what I mean by that is that I think that you get all kind of people signing up to be police and you have all people kind of people signing up to be police with different motives. Um, you know, um, when a, when a racist person sign up uh, to be police, they may see that as a legal opportunity to kill a black man. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just being, I'm just being honest about that. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I've said to the mayor, I've said to the mayor that some training have to, you know, be different. Oftentimes they train for fitness. They train for uh, the use of weapons. They train for um, how to handle certain laws and how to write tickets and citations and all of this. But where's the training that's focused on race? Where's the training say, you know what, we, we gonna, before we give you a badge and before we give you a gun, before we permit you to be a law enforcement officer, where is the test that says that we got to know where you stand on race relations? Surprisingly, the mayor told me that don't even exist. <laughs> that don't even exist. And wow. so my, my thing is, is that um, that needs to be a conversation. And so I'm working through this uh, organization called Community 365, which we are putting together to have conversations to where it's a part of police officers training. And even those police officers that are on the force to go back through this training to where we can bring the victims of these families, like Tommy McLaughlin family, like Anthony Child's family, like all of these families who, who, who suffered. Um, um, the guy, um, I can't think of his name, um, who was shot and killed 17 years ago, but bringing these families there to let them explain the trauma that the police department have put on those families for them to test, for them to have knowledge of it. And so I think that, um, you know, um, i am be honest with you, the escape go word for the government to deal with um, policing in the black community was something called um, CR, uh, or C-O-R or something like that. I'm getting an uh, uh, acronym wrong, but it was called Community Oriented Policing. They yeah. made that as the way to deal with the black community, which that has never been the way to deal with the black community. The best way to deal with the black community is to understand the black community. Now, which I pull on a Dorsey's thought that I think that when it comes to both policing, police misunderstand black folks. They immediately, they immediately, if you look at how black people are treated by the police, Black people are treated as a threat even before they present themselves as a threat. But th- th- let me be devil's advocate right quick. Oh. Do you do you do you think that black people don't understand police? So let let me let me answer I, that because there there's what CJ said is completely, and I've been saying it to a lot of my friends for the longest. That training is not in in the academy. Now here's the issue where we're gonna come with that. Uh, we we were talking about defunding the police, right? The policemen, first of all, let's, let's get this out the way. The policemen are guardians, not warriors. You know, they're protectors, not warriors. That's where some people get mixed, mess, messed up. Mm-hmm. They get into, like he said, uh, like uh, Elmo said, they put on that badge, they feel like a warrior. No, you're a protector. Uh, nine, out of ten, nine, nine times out of ten, when a policeman get to an incident, the incident is already over. It's already over. Facts. Now, if it's still going, that's where the issue is. Now, this uh, I was I was listening to another podcast, and the uh, the guy was talking to uh, a representative of the union. So, with this defunding thing, they saying the union guy was saying policemen are already doing way more than they are trained for. One of those things is interacting with the public, you know, black people as well. So. One of the things they were suggesting doing, the community thing, is bringing in uh, somebody like a psychologist or, or something. You know, bring them in with, with the team, uh, call, have them on call. So whenever a situation goes, you bring them in who's a specialist in that situation and can actually bring the uh, situation down to a level to where nobody gets killed. Here's the issue with that. That costs money. That training costs money. 
but we're talking about defunding the police. Right. Now, I completely need, we definitely need that type of training. But once again, that's that understanding of what the police actually is. People right. also, okay. as black people, say, don't snitch. Look, if you know some stuff is about to go down right. and you can prevent it way beforehand, what policemen can do is what they do, not go and go inside the house or say, where's the, where's the issue? Mm-hmm. Just park the car. Sometimes that's what you see half the time. You see a, a policeman park the car just to show, hey, don't do nothing stupid. We're just, we're just here. You know, that's it. You know? So like right. that kind of goes into a little bit of your answer and kind of bounces what CJ was talking and I, about. And I say, instead of, I, I actually offer a, a solution to, or something alternative to defunding the police. In my opinion, Instead of defunding the police, I think what we need to do is figure out a way to dismantle the Civil Service Board. And the reason why I feel that we need to figure out a way to dismantle the Civil Service Board is because there are hidden laws that protect police officers. I mean, police officers can commit certain crimes and never really suffer the ultimate penalty for those crimes because of the hidden laws that are protected of police officers due to the Civil Service Board. Police officers are actually more protected under the law than all of us. I mean... I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, Trump made a joke about shooting somebody on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, a police officer can do it and be protected by some laws. A police officer can go through a whole trial, be found guilty, and because of certain civil service laws, there are some back laws that can actually give them limited time sentence, no time sentence, or even finding a way to um, not hold them accountable for that particular crime. So right. I think that instead of defunding the police, I think we should be really talking about demantling the civil service board because the mayor, by the way, the officers that did that to Tommy McLaughlin, there are certain actions the police department and the mayor can't take because of the civil service board. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. And, and Dorsey, go ahead and just go ahead and get your point across. I know you wanted to talk about this real big time. So I've, I've listened to a few people, a couple different things. The civil service board is, are you equating that to like the police unions or yeah. are you? No, I, I'm talking about the civil service board. Um, not necessarily the police unions because the civil service board is ran by the state of Louisiana. It is a group that's appointed by the governor who basically uh, create laws to protect law enforcement officers, but also there are other civil service employees in different agencies and different state institutions. Mm -hmm. But I'm more so focused on what it protects for police officers. See, the reason why I say the unions, because the unions are the ones that are actually going up and, and challenging for this legislation for the cops. Um, so that's why I brought up that. But I'll, that's side of here or there. In terms of defunding the police, I know that you said you were against it. Where's that money going to go? Let me just use Minnesota for an example. Um, the Minnesota uh, union director, Bob Crow, the racist guy that they're asking to step down, he's not. He says he's not. They asked him about defunding the police one time, and he made a statement and said that the city is already giving too much money out for other things. And his, his, uh, uh, his example was they want to defund us to help spread money around the city. Why does a transgender director need 15,000? This is a quote from him because the city wanted to give him 15,000 or give the transgender director 15,000 to promote transgender things for the city. So they wanted to give them 15,000. Bob Crow was upset because the over $100 million budget that the police force had was being, uh, uh, they were taking that money from that. So here's my thing. You just said police aren't warriors. You're right. Why do they need money for tanks and, and military-grade vehicles and military-grade equipment and things like that? That's what defunding the police is. If we want to defund the police, that doesn't mean disband the police. That doesn't mean stop training the police. Right now in Shreveport, it takes 320 hours, I think, to train an officer. I've played video games longer than that. Just because we're defunding them doesn't mean we're taking their money away from them. We're saying incorporate that money to where it needs to go. 
Right. We so you edu- we need education in, 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 in our in our neighborhoods. We right. need uh, uh, things like that. Why do we have an overpopulation of police officers in our neighborhoods? And we can go back to Bill Clinton, uh, 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 his wife, and, and who's running for office right now, Biden. They helped that. So they influxed all of these officers in our neighborhoods to help out with super predators instead of dealing with the problems in our neighborhoods. And to piggyback off what you're saying, you're right. They don't know us. And that's another thing they did. They got all these cops to come into our neighborhoods that's not from our neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. I use this example to a friend of mine the other day, we were talking, if we are slap boxing out in the street, and that's something black folks do, we slap box, that's, that's something fun for us. If we're slap boxing out in the street and a cop who grew up in that community drove by that house, oh, they're just slap boxing, he's gonna know that. Those kids are having fun. He's gonna observe to make sure it's nothing more than that, but after he realizes those kids are having fun, he's, that's just hood life. But then you get somebody who's coming from from a program that now has increased the police budget, which in turn increases the amount of police we have in our hoods that don't know about our hoods. They drive by. Now they're seeing an altercation. All of a sudden, we have two people being pulled over, and we don't know where that's going to do. And so defunding the police doesn't necessarily mean let's let's get rid of cops. I'm not about that. I think that's the stupidest thing we could ever do. But that does mean take some of that money, take some of that budget and put it back into our communities. What happened to rec centers? What happened to, to YMCAs and things like that? The churches have to constantly get money from, 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 from the community. What, what the city, I think the average number is majority of cities in the United States are spending one third of their city budget on police and law enforcement. If you're using one third, of that on law enforcement, you could be putting that money into those communities that you're over policing. And that's all I'm saying when I say defund the police, I don't mean take away from their training and things like that. We need to balance their training. Um, We need to balance that money and pump it back into the communities. That's all defunding the police means. It doesn't mean fire cops, things like that. And, and, and quite frankly, if, if some have to get let go, people get let go of their jobs all the time. We have too many law enforcement officers on the streets and we need to, we need to kind of balance that out. And that's all defunding the police means. That's, that's what it feels like it means to me. And what I've read on and what I've studied on, that's, that seems like what most of the people are clamoring for. So thank thank you, Dorsey. (laughs) Question real quick. Now it's just a thought. So before I say this, make the statement, this is a thought. So don't think of me saying like, Oh, this this dude, Oh, excuse me. This dude crazy. I say (laughs) all the time. (laughs) (laughs) This is a thought. So, if I feel like cops, so not everybody. So you say when you feel like they put on a badge, they feel like they have power. And honestly, in America, power and authority is above money, regardless of how you get paid. What if, just a thought, you had to, like, just say you're a police officer, you start off with rubber bullets. You don't get actual bullets because you're supposed to be a protector not a decision maker. I'm now, not I'm, with that. I'm just, I'm just asking because it's too many. I'm, I'm just because. I see what you're saying. I like, I don't know. Just, I, just, I see it. Yeah. Just, just, just a training outside of the training to see how you react to certain situations. Right. Think, you work your way up until you know. What I mean, like, you know how, how the movies be, and I blame entertainment for painting the picture as a black male. First off, because as I'm. I don't even watch a certain movie anymore because it's like, I already know how the black man's going to be in the movie. And right. that paints a picture of Bob that they have two parents in this household and he thinks all black people steal and rob. And now he want to be a police officer. And this person just leaving from church. Now he thinks he'll rob because he's seen with a movie. So I right. do blame entertainment. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that, like, you know how movies, like, they say, oh, you get the small gun, then you work your way up to the big gun. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. rank. Like, wild, wild, wild West, yeah. So, I mean, like, why? So, would that, like, conflict? You know, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm with the, so, I think, I think, uh, I think I'm with y'all on that. I think, I think what you're trying to say, like, a certain merit system, like, you know, you have to earn that potential. Like, even with the funding, like, you know, I'm with Dorsey. Why do you need a police tank? Why do you need this? Like, you know, because, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand that part. But I think instead of, like, I'm with Dorsey, don't defund, like, defund certain areas, not all of policing. Uh, I think that if an officer goes at maybe one or two years, uh, like, on additional top of the raise they would get annually, like, if that officer has no complaints, 
you know, no, um, no, no written reports at all against them that they should be rewarded with an extra um, funding. But like I said, I, I, I would say maybe two or three years without any kind of negativity going on on their record. And that goes that that should be rewarded with a personal merit. But at the same time, I'm also agreeing that don't totally defund the whole police, but right, right. just take some area of what they're they're getting paid to. That's all uh, it means. And, and but my thing is is that like like Elmo said, there a lot of people don't want to be cops because there's no money into it. So you know, and it's 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 difficult. Some people. Right. So kind of to go off a little bit of what y'all said, first of all, um, rubber bullets. I get what you're saying, but like, it's just too dangerous uh, out I here. Agree. I and, agree. And, but the issue where even a taser is in some states, a taser is considered a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. So based off that, one of the, 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 the guy that got killed in a, uh, at Wendy's, they mm-hmm. said Rashard Brooks. Right. So Brooks, because yes. he aimed a taser at the police officer, he could say my life was threatened because in that state, a taser is considered a deadly weapon. So even having different weapons, you know, can be tricky. Once again, it goes back to uh, voting. Speaking of voting, you talk, uh, Dorsey, you talked about uh, changing the rules of unions. They mm-hmm. actually, you actually can go to uh, the court or wherever your state do it, and you can actually uh, vote to decide, hey, these are our demands of where we think some of the money could go to instead of the police uh, force. That I'm is one of the things, that that's, that's one of the things Black Lives Matter actually fight for. They did not, it. Not a terroristic group at all. No, not no, no. And, and yeah. But that's one of the, that's that is the core one of the core reasons for Black Lives Matter is to actually fight justice just like that and get people to, together to you know vote get money to where it needs to be. Now defunding the police means it's, it has a different different definition everywhere you look depending on where you live. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why it's also tricky. Minneapolis is a messed up place. Yeah, so they have why, to disband. So that's why, like, a lot of what they're having to do is, like, they really they really do have to tear that system down to rebuild it to where it can actually uh, support the area. I think, Brandon, I think Brandon offers a better perspective that I can kind of open my mind up to as it relates to defunding the police. I think he's absolutely right when it, it, it's based off of what we would call in radio – of the market is based off a particular place because again i still stand adamantly against defunding the police in shreveport you know i do too um, that's that's different i get what you're saying there i think um and, and i think that brings clarity um to the situation because if you're dealing with a racial police department that racism comes from the top all the way down then the only way that you can clean it out is to take all of their toys away, you know, to take all of their, to take everything away from that particular police department. So I do see where that defunding um, uh, mechanism could work um, in changing the culture of the police department. And that's that's what they mean, though. That's oh, what they oh. mean. I like how you put it that way, too. The culture is a big thing because that, yeah. that, that kind of lets people know what you're saying. It doesn't mean we want to change police, but their culture is pretty bad right now. So I like how you put that. And Dorsey, yeah. there was something else you, you said that I found pretty interesting. You said uh, there's we're overpopulated with police. Yeah. That is wrong. Shreveport is at barely does not have enough policemen on the street. But you have to take that into consideration about Shreveport as a demographic. But legislation-wise, legislation-wise, the whole reason why Joe Biden is getting flagged for the bill he passed, because that bill alone influctuated cops into the streets. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't into, like how you said, Shreveport is under, and I get that, that's for Shreveport, but it wasn't a matter of it influctuated cops into all areas, and it was only our areas. Right, right. So, so walk, cops into our areas. But walk, and, walk with me here, though. We 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 don't have enough cops in in our area, so that's mm-hmm. all automatically an issue. They don't get uh, paid enough. 
We also have our own culture issues to where we say black policemen are uh, coons and are, are they don't like black color uh, skin themselves. So that is another reason you ask why we don't have black policemen in our city. Sometimes they are hesitant about that as well because they know they will be looked uh, looked looked upon as in a negative light. Like how Pastor CJ said, though, that's a part of culture. Because I can say this. And Which my, is why I said yeah. I stick with Shreveport issues yeah. because that is right. And I'll raise y'all. I mean, I see your Shreveport issue, but then let me raise you the Dallas issue. Dallas is humongous. They have no cops. Thing about the cops in Dallas is if you become a cop in Dallas, they pay you almost top-notch money. They give you a lot of money to be a cop in Dallas, and they show this to you how the police force is because nobody wants to be a cop in Dallas. So, mm-hmm. how is that any different from Shreveport? Dude, look at once again, Shreveport does not have money. Period. That's the Period. Line. And that's, see, that's, that that's is the issue. That's the Period. city. That's the city, though. And but but that also goes on. Like I said, most cities are putting a third of their budget into law enforcement. So I get what you're saying in terms of we can't defund Shreveport police. But what if we did look at their books uh, uh, the right way? And what if we did say, okay, you know what? We can actually take this money, and we could actually put this into some community reach programs. Or or you know? or even or even take votes on to know which police officer in each community. Like know the roster of every police officer right. in that Get city. Get back to right. some policing. Like when they right. used to. I remember when we grew up, we used to see shows where the neighborhoods knew their officers. I've never experienced that a day in my thirty-eight years of life. <laughs> Right. But my mom no, says, yeah, my mom says that's how true. it used. To, my mom says that's how it used to be, though. She remembers mm-hmm. that in Allendale and stuff like that back in Hollywood. And so, what happened to that kind of policing? Hey, everybody, Lee here. And guess what? The reviews are in, and the Straight Up Show podcast is a hit. Don't believe me? Well, listen to what one of our guest panelists, Dr. Monique Thompson, has to say. Listen, y'all, listen in to straight up and support this podcast because I listened in before I came on the show. I liked what I heard. They're really focusing on keeping things real and being real with you. And I like that approach. So you guys support this podcast. So if you want to listen, donate to the show, have a subject idea, or even want to be a guest, just contact us at straightupshow at gmail.com. That's straightupshow at gmail.com. I think the reason why we don't know the police officers in our neighborhoods is because half of the police officers that are policing neighborhoods don't live in them. Right. And that's a part and that's a part have, of the crime have, bill. No, yep. you know, they have no connection to those communities. Yo, I, I'm getting ready to build a house. And somebody said, um, where are you gonna build it? Are you gonna go way in Southern Hills or you're gonna go way out in Pine Draw? I said, No, I'm gonna build it in Lakeside. They said nice, Lakeside. Nice. <laughs> they yeah. said Lakeside. And uh-huh. I'm like because I think that the only way we can really bring black empowerment to our community is Just that build our communities as black people. We don't even live in the communities we fight for. Right. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't bring our businesses. We don't. I told them I want to build my business. I want to build my house. I want to raise my children. I want to pastor my church. I want to do everything in the hood that I was raised in. We're going to have to talk right. past CJ. Cause, like everything every, in the hood that I was raised in. Yeah. No, you, I know you're not for it, but everything you're saying is literally why people are saying let's defund. Because if we do that, we can then put money into loans for home ownership back into our communities. I would love to buy a house in the hood. To be honest with you, whenever I'm in the hood, I just feel a certain... You feel that certain homeness that you, you feel. Don't you, you feel get. accepted. You exactly. Feel accepted. You feel exactly. Accepted. So I would love to do. I would love to be able to open up a new business. But the problem is, we're not getting those specific business loans for our communities. But a lot of that money goes to police force, and that's all that is. That's all, and I don't want to keep hanging on that. I just want to throw that out there. No, another no, you're thing. Good. Another thing I want to jump off of uh, what Dothler was saying. I don't think we should do things like that because Brandon's right. That's it's too dangerous. And I refuse to let a cop go out there in this type of world. I, I wouldn't want the cop to go out there, not knowing that they can have every aspect they can to protect themselves. What I do want to say though, instead of doing that, 
What if we were to say, okay, all law enforcement needs either a two-year or a four-year degree in the criminal justice? Because what that does is not only does it, it, it increases their, their knowledge of the law system, but when you get these guys that's coming right out of high school that were bullied, they're going to have to think twice. Now they can't just immediately be a cop, put the badge on, and be a hero. You actually got to go study for that. So, we do that. Well, well, Darcy, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this, this is my question to you. Yeah. When you say defunding the police, and again, like I said, I, I, I see the perspective in different cities, but in short, right. I'm totally it's getting good. Come on, I'm guys. Totally, I'm totally against it. So when you say defunding the police, okay, you spoke of your example was basically, uh, you know, the police have tankers, they have military mil, military grade weapons. There's so, a lot of money that we can that we can siphon, right? So, so really, the the underlining thought of defunding the, the police is demilitarizing the police. No, that's because that's completely what, what, different. But, but but well, let me ask you this question: What what how do the police protect themselves? from mili- military-grade weapons that are on the streets that people use that people use um, to commit crimes. How do the police police that? So I'm not saying military-grade weapons because the only military-grade weapons they have on the streets are the same ones the police have, and those are like AR-15s and rifles like that. But Nobody has people running around with tanks? So what did you say? What if what if people are running around with tanks? Even though never, I know it's not going to happen. It's not I, a reality I, at all. I think it's not I think a I, at all. I, I think I think I think uh, inventory uh, should be based upon uh, policing history in the community. I, I want so, uh, to. I that's want like to bring the SWAT, the SWAT was created. You know why the SWAT was created, and you know to have that specific job. That was their job. Yeah. And now we have police officers doing the job of SWAT, and that's SWAT, a problem. Right. That a problem. Right. I want to. There's there's three three shows right now that you can watch. I, and Brandon, I know you feel in some type of way. Your dad, <laughs> yeah, I see you, it. I see you, have, you, have, you have a little bit more of an ingrained uh, idea of what's going on because you experienced it your whole life. But right. now, like, like I got swatted, y'all. I got mm. swatted this, in December. Um, and, and ever since then, I've just had this completely different opinion about law enforcement. And, and people, happens, and pause right, pause right changes. If you can just tell people what swatting means, because some people don't, don't, don't know what that means. So swatted is I've had someone unlawfully, un, unjustly call law enforcement on me, uh, the SWAT team specifically, and they weaponized that to come to my house. I guess that's the easiest way I could use it in a negative manner. Um, and I literally got swatted. Five Shreveport sheriffs showed up. Um, I got told by Shreveport Police Department that there was nothing I could do. I got told by the Sheriff's Department there wasn't even a record of the stop. Um, and then I got told by uh, 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 a lawyer that, unfortunately, I'm just a black man in the South, and I just have to deal with it. This was in December, y'all. Okay. Yo, and, uh, uh, quick, quick, quick question. Were you playing Call of Duty or something when this happened? Dude, I was I was I was at work. Oh, okay. What? I was oh, I work from I work from home. I'm sitting at my so the story is I work I'm, I'm working from home. I'm sitting at my desk. Right. And I, a homeboy of mine is a white guy. He's coming over. He's supposed to be coming over. We're hanging out. I'm thinking it's him. I'm working from home. You got to be silent. My dog is going crazy. So I'm like cussing out the window. Like, dude, you know, like I'm I'm about to be off here soon. Chill, you know, chill the f out. And and next thing you know, it's banging on my windows and everything like that. And yeah, I go to my door and it's five sheriffs. We we are, are is your name this, that, and the third? And I asked them if they had a warrant and they bowed up on me on that. And I'm nervous. I, you know, yeah, come in my house. There was nothing here, so I wasn't nervous. I shouldn't have never done that, but I did it anyway. And uh, there was nothing for them to find. But they said that they had information that there was a meth lab in my house. Get out of town, bro. Yeah, exactly. Do it. That's exactly the look I gave them. Um, and they searched my house, and my homeboy showed up right in the middle of that. And his to this day, he says, "I think if I would not have showed up, it might have gone a little bit different." Because at that moment, it ended up me and me on my couch with all five of them like standing over me, kind of like a uh, the you know a, a a pornography thing you might see. On, you know, <laughs> wow. I'm just saying though, but that's how it was. They were standing over me like that. I'm sitting on the couch looking up. Five super swole dudes in, in full riot gear standing over me. And then my homeboy walks in. They don't even stop to check him. They don't even stop to search him. They don't even stop him from coming in. So that lets me know there was some foul play going on. But that was my experience. And ever since then, I've been like, something's got to happen with law yeah. enforcement. And, and it's too much. And we, and we got to change that narrative. We got to change that narrative big time. Right. And, so, so you brought up uh, guns and also education. So in some cases, 
policemen do have to have some sort of ed- education depending on what level of uh, force they're on. And also some policemen and some, and, and once again, it depends on the area. They can't even have shotguns anymore. Like mm-hmm. here, regular police, you know, they can't have shotguns anymore. So like once they, it, it, the, the system is there, but we need to actually, you know, know that, go into, you know, voting, actually get, get into uh, probably stress a little bit more, have a little bit more control over that, because they only train probably like once a year right. when, when it comes to their physical tests. Oh, you also, you, somebody also uh, mentioned getting a pay raise by, you know, not having crime. They get a pay raise by how well they do on their physical activity. Wow. So, like, a lot of that stuff, the system is already there. Mm-hmm. Might just need to, need, to, need to shift in some ways. Hmm. Well, but I definitely learned a lot today uh, from all y'all. I mean, just uh, we have to do better, especially as uh, black men. And uh, so I definitely learned a lot today. Um, just that's why I chose y'all. I mean, y'all are some of the. Uh, brightest intelligent men that I know uh, that I've met in, in my my life, honestly. And I, I need I I've learned more from y'all than I did from uh, elder men. Uh, so thank y'all so much for just coming on the show today. But we want to continue the conversation uh, with this online and social media. Uh, uh, let's start with CJ. CJ, can you just just tell us where people can find you and tell us about some of the stuff you're doing coming up and things like that. Absolutely. Um, of course, um, if you want to know anything about me, um, you can get over to my website um, at www.imcejay.com. It, it gives you access to pretty much everything about me, uh, everything that I do in the community. Um, it gives you access to about my ministry, uh, my career in ministry, my career as an entrepreneur, and even my career in radio. So um, get there, look me up, um, let's connect. Um, let's let's become fam and of course um, um, I would love to do that really the main thing of what I'm doing right now uh, Calvin to be honest with you um, is um, just growing uh, the enterprise you know um, and when I say growing the enterprise um, CJ enterprise a lot of people say well what is that Uh, we own three businesses I have a, a tax office um, that I own. I have multiple locations uh, of the tax office. And also I own a commercial cleaning um, business. And also uh, we work in media heavily, you know, through the radio. And so um, by the grace of God, we've been able to employ 30 individuals. Uh, there are 30 folks who work uh, for CJ Enterprise, whether that be um, part-time, full-time, or even some um, commission-based um, and I have been a go-getter all my life. And I tell Dotha to tell you that literally I've always been involved in something. Um, and so, um, the thing is, is that, um, what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm focused on because my plan, um, is to be an entrepreneur who uplift the hood. And I think that I can do that by, taking the dollars that are impacted in the company that I have to invest them in the community by moving my business in the hood, um, by um, giving jobs to those individuals in the hood, requiring them to go get educations at HBCUs, um, and not only HBCUs, but paying them the dollars that they deserve, and also not just moving my company um, into the hood, but living in the hood and showing them that you can be prosperous and still remain in the hood. That's, that's my whole plight. Uh, for the rest of my life well you know you got you got my support big time here you got all of us i'm pretty sure uh no, no dorsey said he wanted to uh keep in touch with you so uh, i definitely, just bookmarked the web page <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, so just like that so uh definitely uh cj thank you so much for coming on the show and, and dorsey uh to tell us how people can find you and talk to you if they want to uh man you can find me at zero prime gaming or zero prime 99 on facebook i'm actually going to be starting up a uh a podcast soon it's called i'm just saying um i'm gonna be tackling a whole bunch of different things um but that's in the works right now but you can find me at zero prime 99 that's on facebook that's my gaming page as of right now like i said i do content creation and and streaming here lately so that's pretty much where i've been at and thank you dorsey for uh telling us all that and i'm pretty sure people are trying to uh, keep in touch with you too and Definitely the uh, Mr. Hollywood. I'm just playing, but now my good friend Dother, my brother, 
uh, Dothic, how can people, uh, you know, just if you can, just how people can talk to you and find you and kind of see what you're doing? Uh, my Instagram is the real Dother, uh, D-A, uh, the word real and Dother, like other with a D in front of it. Uh, you can stay on me on that page and Facebook, Dother Sykes IV, uh, of course. Um, I'm always, uh, I do mostly behind the scenes now, try to piss stuff and break the stereotype of us, uh, in the Hollywood. So I'm slowly changing that, working on a coming book, which is, a uh, uh a lot of people don't know. Y'all first to know. Nice. Uh, I'm about to say, you doing what now? Bro, <laughs> bro. That's, that's dope. Golly. Yeah, so I'm, I, I just get tired because I know I'm not fully intellectual on certain things, but I know how we have to be treated as an image, and it starts with people see and how they, you know, portray us. So for us to break that barrier, we have to isolate their funds and do it our own and, you know, go from there. So uh, if you want to stay updated with that, um, you know, follow me on that and be the first to to get access to it. And uh, I have a clothing brand called Psycho, so you want to follow that. And Psycho, the meaning of that, a lot of people don't know. I got the, the little black boy watching the TV. The reason being I did that because he has a vision and a goal and – when people don't see your goal, makes it look like you're crazy, but you're not, you know. So that's why I use psycho, cause S Y K E S, but it's spelled my last name. So uh, we going psycho for our goals. It's only psycho to them because they don't understand how we feel. So, right. but uh, yeah, follow me on that. Appreciate that. Appreciate the love, Calvin. Man, look, doing your thing. Uh, thank you, Dorothy. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, give me like one of those uh, uh, 12x uh, Tyco shirts. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. But uh, and last but not least, Elmo. Uh, if you can just, if people uh, can contact you, I know that you're doing a lot uh, ministry in the hood and our lower poverty communities. Uh, how can people contact you or just tell people what you're doing? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, official DMO Simpson. Um, my Facebook is DMO Simpson, my real, my regular government name. Um, or you can dial 911. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you, uh, all you, uh, man, you, all y'all are kings, man. I don't care what nobody says, I don't let the world tell you different. All y'all are kings, and if you're listening right now, uh, and you're if you if we inspired you anyway, uh, let it be known that you, I'm pretty sure that they'll they'll take y'all's uh, uh, y'all's y'all's voice and listen to you. They'll listen to you. you got any questions? Ask them. We got we got public servants, uh, gamers, and it, it, they'll talk to you. There's somebody in the event, so I'm pretty sure they'll lend their ear to you. But keep in mind that just because the world sees you one way, that's not who you are. Don't let the world define who you are. You are a king, and you are. Uh, uh, and I'm gonna say this it might sound bad, but you are a beautiful black king and nobody can tear you down but yourself and don't let yourself tell you down you are powerful don't forget that uh thank you all for joining the show uh we're gonna keep the conversation going and make sure you talk to us later on okay until then make sure you always stay straight up. up i'm a young black man doing all that i can to stay Oh, but when I look around and I see what's being done to my kind every day, I'm being hunted as prey. My people don't want no trouble. We've had enough jungle. I just want to live. God protect me. I just want to live, I just want to live.